for all that time, there's no union, there's no council, there's no education for the fighters. I figured, you know, why not be the guy to help educate the fighters? I, I never thought that it would get this far and, and protect yourself at all times would be internationally known. I, I never thought it would get that far. I just figured, all right, these guys need help. I'm here to help. Let me write a book and see where it goes. And it's, it's went really far. So my passion stems from me being one of those guys. I was in the ring actually getting punched in the head and not making get out of fights um, on my feet, essentially. So I figured, you know, why not help out these guys? And here I am 13 years later. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality. And that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. On today's episode of the Hero of the Hour podcast, Mark is joined by two heroes in the sports industry for a once-in-a-lifetime discussion. Mark chats with Adrian Clark, former boxer and founder of Protect Yourself at All Times, to help educate professional boxers on the business side of boxing. Adrian is an award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, and author. His innovation in the boxing industry has earned him a spot on the Forbes 30 under 30 sports list. Mark also sits down with Mike Tisch, CEO of Sports Wealth Asset Group, other known as SWAG, a company to help athletes and celebrities improve their financial wellness. Tune in to see how Mike finds breakthrough thinking and how Adrian took one hit into the business side of boxing. Thank you so much and enjoy. I'm Mark Murphy. I'm founder and CEO of Northeast Private Client Group. I'm really here to talk to two good friends. I'm here to talk to uh, Mike Tisch, who is the uh, founder and president of the Sports Wealth Asset Group, SWAG. And I'm here to talk to Adrian Clark, AC Clark, who is the founder of Protect Yourself at All Times. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to put my glasses on, AC, because I am... <laughs> I am uh, I am I am blind at this point, but I just want to take a look at your bio. I know you're a former boxing manager. You uh, you in 2012 you created AC Sports Management. In 2016, your innovation and prowess in the boxing industry earned you a spot on the Forbes 30 under under 30 list, the sports list. That's a big flipping deal. Then in 2019, AC Sports was acquired was acquired by a Dallas-based sports agency, the Ballingy Group. And I think for people that don't know, I think they should check out Protect Yourself at All Times. But this provides educational services to both amateur and professional boxers to ensure their protection outside the ring when dealing with the business of boxing. And I know, Mike, you know, you work not exclusively, but predominantly with athletes from the NFL to boxing to, to baseball, basketball, other sports. 
And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to to start by saying, you know, that for somebody that, you know, represents athletes myself, but, it, you know, that's not the the bulk of our business. Our, the bulk of our business is other industries, but we have a you know good chunk of, of athletes. You know, I always go back to that Sports Illustrated article that was written 20 some odd years ago, where they talked about 81% of professional athletes were either in bankruptcy or in severe financial distress within two years of retirement. It sounds like both of you guys have created a business about your passion to, to make sure you're protecting the athlete. So, you know, AC, welcome. Love to talk to you. And there's no free form or no, you know, no, uh, you know, no agenda here. I just want to, I just, you're just somebody I think is super smart, super creative, super talented, and just a good friend. And, and, and Mike, I'd say the same thing about you. So I'd love to know, uh, you know, you know, I, I just read a little bit of where you are, you know, where you started, where you are. Tell everybody who's watching this podcast where you're going and where the industry is going. Uh, I thank you for, for having me on, Mark. I've, I've learned a, a bit from each of you, from, from Mike to yourself to, to Steve Phillips. You guys have been incredibly good to me. Um, and I've, I think I've grown as an executive in the sports industry, helping out athletes just based off of individuals like yourself, guys that were once in my shoes as a 36-year-old in the business trying to make a name and uh, you see a young guy that reminds you of you and you guys reach back to to provide information and, and education for me to help these guys that I'm looking to educate. So as much as I know you're interviewing us, I just want to stop and pause and thank you guys for what you did for me in my career and uh, making me a better executive in, in the sports industry, because a lot that I've learned uh, that I can shower upon these these athletes that I represent came from you Mike or or Steve, so I appreciate you guys for that, and I appreciate you for having me on. Oh, it's a hey, Mike. You want to talk a little bit about what your passion is? Uh, you know, we met many many years ago when, you know, I always say your persistence was more than my resistance, and you were talking to me that you had a passion to represent athletes as a former college football player, and uh, I tried to avoid you for as long as I could, and then finally you just wore me down. But why don't you tell people about your passion? What, 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 you know, what's your why? Tell me, what, tell me why you do what you do, because you have to be either insane or out of your mind or have passion to do what you do every day. Mark, first, I want to say, obviously, thanks for having me on. I, I learned uh, 10 years ago that uh, any career uh, needs to start and, and, and begin with uh, getting the leading with the giving hand. You know, that's something that I learned from, uh, from you and it's something that I took with me a long time ago. Uh, I, I use it every day with clients to let them know that, you know, it starts with them. And, and the more you can give them, the more that in return uh, you'll get as well. So I just want to say thank you for that. And, and AC, you also, I learned a lot from watching your hustle and, and, and seeing the growth over the last, you know, seven to 10 years for both of you guys. So just want to start with that. But Mark, to, to show my passion was, you know, really coming from Brooklyn, you know, and, and seeing ESPN and 30 for 30 broke and, and, and really trying to find like that next niche to my career, like what, what was really my passion that I wanted to show up to work every day. And, and how could I help these young guys that came out of uh, neighborhoods that I grew up in? And, and how could I help them have some financial literacy, uh, you know, learning? Because, you know, at, at some point you need to sit back and not only are you helping the client, but you're helping their family, you're helping their parents, because typically it's the first time that they're in, in touch with such a large amount of money. So that's kind of where the passion started from. But, you know, but working with good people and working on a team environment like we have for the last, you know, seven to 10 years, um, I just think it, it just provides such a, a valuable uh, tool 
cool for these athletes that um that's that's really the passion ac for people who don't know you you know you know in fact i just watched raging bull over the weekend it was on cable i was uh stepping there and watch a few other boxing movies and you know sports are amazing well I, I love i'm a sports fanatic but for the athletes sometimes if you get involved with the wrong people sports can be really cruel how did you get involved in this and and what you know t tell people because i i know your passion i want people to hear what's your passion because that inspired me to want to work with you well you know a right hook actually knocked me into the business side of boxing <laughs> i was actually an amateur fighter wanting to go pro thinking that i was going to be you know the next world champion and um a guy by the name of timothy tipton it's funny how you never forget the name of the person that that knocked you out uh timothy tipton's right hand in the first round of our golden glove i think it was the semifinals his right hand knocked me into the business of boxing because i you know i was in my senior year and i'm thinking i didn't i didn't go to school five years to get <laughs> to get punched in the head like that and not remember pretty much anything after the fight. So, you know, that pushed me into the, the business side of things, but it wasn't until I got into the, the real business, the real nitty gritty of the boxing business to see that the contracts made literally no sense. Like the, the fighters were under fixed term agreements to their, their representative, their spokesperson, the individual they were paying. They were under a, a five to seven year contract with these people and they couldn't fire them and they were paying 33% of their money and yet taking all the risk to get in the ring and to get their heads uh, essentially damaged and leaving the sport with no money. Uh, as a 23, 24-year-old getting into that role of manager and these guys are depending on me, it didn't take me long to realize like, wait, this is not right. And the more I look around, the more I talk to people, everyone seems to be okay with the fighters being taken advantage of contractually or financially. And boxing has been around for 100 plus years. For all that time, there's no union, there's no council, there's no education for the fighters. I figured, you know, why not be the guy to help educate the fighters? I, I never thought that it would get this far and, and protect yourself at all times would be internationally known. I, I never thought it would get that far. I just figured, all right, these guys need help. I'm here to help. Let me write a book and see where it goes. And it's it's went really far. So. My passion stems from me being one of those guys. I was in the ring actually getting punched in the head and not making get out of fights um, on my feet, essentially. So I figured, you know, why not help out these guys? And here I am 13 years later outside of the ring. Now, I'm not taking any more punches. If anybody punches me now, there's a heavy loss <laughs> involved in that. But no more punches for me, but I'm still here to help the guys that are in the ring fighting. Uh, it's my passion. Well, I can tell you, it probably didn't take too many punches because you still look pretty. You still look good, you know. I so, uh, it's, it's, uh, so, I, I, so I, I don't. Maybe it took one from Tipton, but I don't. I don't. I don't think it took, took too many other punches than that. Tell a little bit about the the CEO of the Balangi Group. Tell us about what they do. Well, CEO of uh, Fighters First Management. Fighters First. I apologize. Yep. So, boxing management company, um, and it's funny. David Basham, who's out of um, out of Woodstock, Georgia. David actually started. Fighters First Management, based off of Protect Yourself at All Times. He read the book and was able to reach out to me through a mutual friend. And, you know, I was in a weird time in my life before David reached out. Um, you know, finances had kind of dwindled down a um, couple of bad investments. I got divorced and things were kind of looking um, kind of brim. And one of my close friends, actually a neighbor of mine, her son passed away. And I just remember seeing this kid 
the, the week that he passed, I saw him every single day, Monday through Friday. I saw him every day, either walking his dog or sitting in his car. And I, I just regret not sitting down with him and talking to him about you know what was going on in his life. He was 22 years old, but he had something that I was missing at the time, which was like confidence. I lost my confidence somewhere. And uh, his name is Justin Briley. And in Justin's passing, I just remembered the confidence that he bounced around with. And that was instilled in me. And I remember going to Atlanta to meet with David and I walked into that office with such confidence, man. And he was just excited to have me there. And he was raving about the book, quoting me like 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 paragraphs of the book. And he told me that, listen, I want to help these fighters out just as much as you want to help them out. I started this company. We just have a name right now. We don't have anything else. Would you be interested to come in and, and build this company up? And um, I couldn't believe the timing of it, for one, um, but I, I needed some time to think about it um, because it would take me away from my son for a bit. And then it's me getting back into boxing management, not managing again, but building up a company from the ground up. And it took me 48 hours to make a decision on it. And Fighters First is honestly, we've only been in business for 11 months. And in 11 months, um, we have six clients, one client being Brian Norman Jr., who's 20. He's 22 years old, but he's 23 and 0. He's the next star in the sport in the welterweight division. We were able to, to get him as one of our first clients. Um, and we have Jolie Mazzone as our top manager with the sport, who's a 25-year promoter under Hall of Famer Kathy Duba. So we're building something in the sport of boxing that has never been seen before as far as a management company. And I'm thankful for David and, and his, his team for picking me as CEO and trusting me to build this thing up. So it's been a good journey and fighters first in the next two years will be the top management company in boxing without a doubt. Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm not surprised at all for you. First of all, you got more charisma in your pinky than most people have in their whole bodies. <laughs> Everybody knows you and they all know you for high integrity and whether it be in the boxing industry or the financial services industry, or if you're a widget salesman, there's not a lot of integrity where people go, I can trust people and tr people trust you. So I, I have no doubt that, uh, you're, you're not only going to be the best, you're going to be the biggest, you know, in a, in a nanosecond. Mike, tell people what you do every day because you're representing some pretty high profile athletes. I don't think we should mention any or too many names uh, to protect the innocent. But uh, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, tell people what your what your day looks like. Tell people what you do. What do you do for a living? It's a pretty interesting job. So uh, it all it all kind of starts with that premise, right? That protect you, your money, your family presence. So that's that's what I do every day. So every day it's helping helping athletes for the most part set up their daily activities, making sure their bills are paid, making sure that they're saving money, making sure that they're contributing to their 401k, making sure that their life is as controlled as, I guess, controlled chaos as it can be. And having a person that they can lean on, having someone that they can call uh, had a player last night call me at two o'clock in the morning to get home from the from the Super Bowl. Um, so it just, you know, being available to them, you know, having having that connection with these players where um, they don't have to deal with 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 50 different people. They only need five good people and, and with five good people on their team. Um, they could conquer the world rather than just being approached by people every single day from, you know, with the next best deal. So that's, I guess I'm, I'm like their protector, financial advisor, coach, maybe big brother or uncle, or, you know, try to fill as many of those roles as possible. 
It is amazing how many people can get taken advantage of when they get involved with the wrong people. It's more than 50% of the athletes that I've been introduced to that, you know, I started with a tale of woe. You know, I made 10, I made 20, I made $30 million and I have a negative net worth or I got, you know, I, I made $20 million and I got 150 grand in my 401k and that's it. And, and $50,000 in credit card bills and no and no home. You know, it, it is amazing how people have, have done that. So I, I think that the work that you do is, uh, I, for lack of a better word, I think say is God's work. I think if people like the two of you guys don't get in the industry, there's a lot of other people who get in get involved uh, to, for their own their own needs, not for other people's needs. Do you, do you ever see Tyree? Do you ever see uh, AC that um, people have pushed back against you because they don't want to change the game? You, you know, a guy like you is a game changer. You know, people there there's some people that are doing some bad things that are going to be threatened by what you've done in your career. Does that does that ever come across? Yeah, especially you know early on. Um, now, not so much. You know, I've, I've been in now over over a decade. So I think people are just they uh, they know personnel. So the the guys that look to take advantage of the fighters or do the the backroom deals, they make sure that I'm not contacted by any means. I'm always the guy that's on the outs or the, the not really in tune with what's really going on in regards to their business dealings. But when I was in my 20s. Um, there was definitely a lot of drawback, definitely a lot, a lot of name calling. I was called a fake manager. I was called a kid. Uh, one guy called me a toddler. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a lot of name calling, but uh, they were looking to discredit me. And so in any way, shape or form, because it's like, yo, this guy, he's young. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know the business. And to their credit at the time, I'm 24 years old, representing professional athletes in boxing. I didn't know the game front to back. However, I could look at that contract or those different contracts to tell that they were not right. I can look around the industry to see how things were going to see that they were were not right. Uh, but there definitely was drawback, but not anything hard enough where I couldn't get over it or around it or run directly through it. So a um, little bit of drawback, but not too much. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy, but the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. Mike, you and I represent some people that have made over $100 million. We're not going to mention any names. But I'm concerned every day that uh, when they retire from, from their sport, uh, they're two or three years from from the whole thing collapsing 
and and I think about it, and I, I I lose sleep over it. And with with some people, I don't know if there's anything we can do. Do you think I have a fatalistic view, or you know, it doesn't mean we shouldn't keep trying, but you know, and and try or to the very best of our knowledge. But it's hard to see people blow themselves up sometimes. How do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it's it's a daily battle. I ask myself that question a lot. I have, you know, agents for clients that we represent that I speak to daily that say the same thing. I mean, they, it's just uh, watch, watching it happen is tough. You know, having clients that actually find what you say and stick by it, which obviously we have we have encountered that also. Clients that are really stick to it, guys. And I could see them taking the lessons that we've taught them over three, four, five years or the beginning of their career and really utilizing those lessons. And then on the other hand, when you feel like you've accomplished something and you've had a breakthrough, you're quickly reminded that not so fast. Um, maybe you didn't have the breakthrough that you thought you had. Or, you know, it, it's really hard when, you know, I'm a, I'm a very loyal, loyal person. It's like inbred in me. You know, I come from parents that were married 65 years. So it's like that, you know, you stick to it. You, you know, you don't give up. Your, your passion, all that counts. And I think that in some ways as these guys make more money, um, it's hard to, to be loyal and, and train when you're getting up in $5 million homes and silk sheets every day. You're just not the same person you were, you know, when you first started, you lose, you lose that direction, you lose that hunger. Um, and you really lose that loyalty, the people that really came through the, the grind with you and getting you to that, that side where, okay, look, you with me four years before I signed this, you know, hundred million dollar contract. And now we did, you know, I should be more loyal to you. Sometimes not so much, but sometimes you, you're surprised by, you know, things that happen uh, in those relationships. And this is kind of me speaking to, to the athletes. Great point that, that Mike just said, because you get guys who see something in you and they help you or they invest in you, whether it's time or money. And, you know, they trust that, OK, we're going to invest in this individual. We're going to give them our knowledge, our time. And you guys trust that when it's time for them to sign that major deal or to make a major move, they're going to look out for us the same way that, 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 that we looked out for them. And, you know, for the athletes, I, I want to just drive it in because I'm, I'm in that position. I'm in that position with two guys on the phone right now who saw me and believed in me and invested in me with their time and their money. And for me, it was more so, all right. I got to execute this for myself and my family, of course, but these guys believed in me. So no matter what happens, no matter how much time goes in between that we don't speak or whatever it may be, I have to make sure that I execute the things on my end to make sure that I give back to them, whether it's through time or through money. It goes back to what Mike said, the loyalty, the loyalty has to be there. Once everything is, is drawn out and the loyalty is there and you guys kind of break even, then from there, if everyone's made their money and everyone's happy, if you want to explore different things from there, just be transparent in what you're looking to do. Sit, sit down with your group and say, hey, we've done some great things. We made some good money together, but I feel like it's time for me to explore other things on, on the out end. Be like, have that same respect for them that they will have for you, man. And I'm living witness to that right now because I haven't always been in this spot, but I'm learning that communication and then that loyalty. It, it means everything, man. So great point. Mike, you know what? One of the I first got involved in the celebrity and athlete space through the music business. I don't know. This is probably close to twenty years ago. And for a guy, a guy who grew up dumb and broke in Suffern, New York, it was cool. I figured out how the game was played because I would sit down with and and the artist would say to me, 
you know, I'm, you know, we're very successful, but we're touring 150 nights a year and we're getting older. We'd like to put together a financial plan so we could tour 50 or 60 nights a year instead of 150. So I'd put together a plan and they say, you got to show it to my manager. And I'd show it to the manager and the manager would say to me, this is a great plan, but it's not going to work. And the reason it's not going to work is because I'm uh, not in my 60s, I'm 43 years old. And there's 30 families that record that that depend on these guys touring 150 nights a year. So instead of uh, you know getting them to work 60 nights a year, I want you to get them to use the private jet as much as possible. So they're right on a treadmill, so they never have any money, and they got to just keep working to to feed their supper. And I'm like, I walked away from that. I, I I walked away from that. I picked up a few music groups that didn't ask me to do that, but I walked away from some of the big, some really big artists just because I w- wasn't willing to do something unethical. Uh, that place. And that's why I was so attracted to you guys. You know, the the name of this podcast is the Hero of the Hour podcast. I only have people on this show that are either heroes to me or are heroes to other people. And so one of the questions I always ask is, how do you define a hero? How do you guys define a hero? Hmm. It, for me, it would be someone that I that I look up to, like someone that I admire or like idolize in a sense. Like my dad is like my hero. Like that's someone that I looked up to that you know, I come from the inner city, inner city Dallas. And my dad was literally like the the only dad in the apartment complex that we had. So it's like, you know, there were a lot of single parent households, single mothers, and my kids would get in trouble. And like my dad would be the one to step up and go talk to people. And he would watch us at, at football practice and take all of us to the games and home. So my dad has always been my hero because he always looked out for, for everyone. But it, it, for me, it would be someone that I, I idolized or looked up to. And that's that's my dad. Mike, no, I, I respected that. I actually wrote that down earlier, especially in the in the last you know maybe sixteen months. You know, I, I recently lost both my parents. So when I think back and and you look at like you know who taught you certain lessons and what characteristics do you have and and Mark the way you always you know introduced me in the same persistent you know dedicated you know show up you know that type of that type of work ethic you know I, I got that from my parents. I just think it was inbred in us. And, you know, just taking people, uh, you know, just being authentic. You know, I think that, you know, everybody was like, oh, you have an accent. You're from New York. And it's like, I embrace it because at this point, it's like, it's just it's just me being me. So it, once you break through the accent and you break through the beard and whatever else is there, it's like all of a sudden it's like, holy, you know, smokes. This guy really knows what he's talking about. It's not his first rodeo. He's he's done this before. And I could really get something out of this. I think when we get to that point in relationships, you know, I don't have a lot of clients that come and go. I have clients for 15, 20 years because you build that type of relationship where every phone call that they make is to me, regardless if they're looking for a realtor, if they're looking for a plumber, if they're going to get a haircut, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, they trust me so much that I'm, I'm normally their first phone call. Uh, so I think a lot of that I get from my parents, you know, uh, my mom and my dad in that way, you know, because it's like... Um, I'm a little bit of a control freak, I guess. So to me, it's like I want to make sure that everything goes the way it is. So I, I know we have another another podcast in a couple of weeks, um, with, with, and, and I think that that'll elaborate even more on that is the just building that relationship with the with the client that they really can trust you, especially when they're you know 22 to 25 years old, and you know they don't know who to trust. Well, one of the reasons I invited you guys on this podcast is, uh, Mike. I think any athlete that does not hire you is insane because. I know you're, I've, I've seen you for 10 years uh, do things other people are just not willing to do to help and support that athlete. And I'd say the same thing about AC with you. I would trust if I had a kid that was a boxer, 
uh, you know, the only place I'd go is I'd go and have him want to work with you because, you know, I know he would be taken care of in, in the way that you'd want your kid to be taken care of. AC, you know, I'm not the only author on this uh, podcast. You put out a book. I want to take a couple of, uh, couple, couple of things about it. One is, I love one of your quotes is, truth be told, I rarely write out my speeches. I believe speaking from the heart is the strongest and purest message one could deliver. And, uh, and I know your book was rated one of the 20 best boxing audiobooks of all time by Book Authority. And uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about the book? Tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah, I was um, with Protect Yourself at All Times. You know, there's not many boxing audiobooks. So it's like that book is, I wrote it in 2015 and released it in 2016. So when I hear of all time, I'm thinking, you know, dating all the way back. When you think about boxing, there's not many boxing audio books. So not downplaying my book. I do feel like Protect Yourself at All Times will go down as one of the best boxing books there is because it literally prepares amateur and professional fighters for something that you just can't Google and get the the information for. There's no union to prepare you or there's no transitional process from amateur to professional. But um, I mean, I had fun putting out Protect Yourself at All Times. And again, I have to echo or repeat, I didn't think that it would create this much uh, of a buzz or be as big as it is. And I have people that contact me from all over the world that say, you know, the book helped them out or the audio book uh, helped them out. So really, man, I'm um, I'm just enjoying it and, and, and appreciative that people are a- accepting my work. And then the quote that you just gave, I-, I still stand on that to this day, regardless of where I'm booked to speak at. Um, I may write out an outline of what I'm thinking, but I usually gauge the room and I, I remember writing an outline out. And then I got to the church I was speaking at and the the vibe and the, the, the young kids are around. It was just totally different than what I was expecting that I literally changed the entire message in my head and got up and delivered something that really resonated with, with the, the audience that I was not expecting. So I, I, I stand on that and hopefully I can continue that because I'm, I'm getting a little older and I'm starting to forget little things. I'm 36, but I'm finding myself now having to write things down or I really have to circle back because things that I could just store in my 20s and remember it. Now I'm like, wait, I had a 11 o'clock. Like, I, I thought I was going to remember that and, and I forgot it. So um, I'm, um, I'm making the adjustments. Well, I, 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 wait till you get to my age. It just gets worse. So it's, <laughs> it's getting worse. You know, by the way, that's my second favorite quote of yours. Uh, my favorite quote of yours, which I think is the coolest quote is, the best thing about being an author is that your words live forever. I sometimes read books that were penned in the 1930s. It's fascinating to know that the words of an author during that particular time can still reach the present day minds. Uh, you know, I never thought about it that way. And I just thought that was so profound. And uh, tell the people the name of your book and where they can get it. Um, take a deep breath. It's five of them. So the first book is uh, titled I, A Guide for Young Entrepreneurs. Second book is Protect Yourself at All Times, A Guide for Professional Boxers. My third book is titled Boxing Equals Life, uh, Champion Your Existence. It's a motivational book that shows how life and boxing are synonymous. My fourth book is my memoirs as a boxing manager. It's uh, titled Dark Horse. And my fifth book uh, is titled Divorce Behavior for Men. Um, I went through a divorce 
couple years ago and um, all the emotions and feelings and things that I had never felt before in my life came out <laughs> going through that divorce. So I figured that um, I need to put something together. So if another man was going through the things that I were going through, um, going through the divorce, that he, he'd have somewhere to turn. And my sixth and final book actually is called Finished Business. Um, I haven't put it out yet. Uh, I'm actually consulting with legal because I'm telling a story through characters, but every story is true. And I just want to make sure I don't get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> <and> out. <laughs> I think, <laughs> so. by the way, here's it. Here's a list. I don't think people can see it. Here's the first five that are already out. And uh, I would just encourage anybody to, uh, you know, even if you're not a boxing fan, Right. Uh, if you're just a fan of life, uh, you know, you are a, uh, you're an elevated thinker. Thank you. And, and uh, I think that any of these books could help anybody at any time. And, you know, you don't have to, I, I would tell people, you don't have to buy all five, just buy one, buy two of them and, and see how they, uh, see if it doesn't change your life for the better. Mike, what, what is, uh, what does your business look like going forward? Tell us what, I mean, you, you, you literally, again, like most of us started with nothing. You've now got a roster of some, some some top athletes. What's the business plan for SWAG, for the Sports Wealth Asset Group? The the business plan was to is to really grow the the personal consulting part of the business, uh, the part of the business that as a financial advisor, if they're not buying life insurance, if they're not investing in in, in an investment account or doing some type of planning, there's a whole other segment of the market that they need help with. And I, I think that I've you know, really been focusing on that part as well and adding that revenue stream to the business because it gives them uh, the knowledge to know that one hand is knowing what the other hand is doing and there's, and there's that uh, connection between both parts. So some clients might have uh, you know, financial advisors already that they're comfortable with, but they then need the consulting arm of what we do to help them with their bills and setting up, you know, rental agreements and reviewing, you know, helping them fill out a lease to an apartment or, you know, if they get traded, moving from one part of the country to another, uh, you know, keeping them, you know, keeping them in the group, you know, helping them with lawyers and helping them with accountants and just being that connector person. That's been that's been a big part of, of adding, adding that service to the business. I want to say something like one thing, and I, Mike, you told me this years ago uh, about having a will and like, you know, a lot of guys, especially my age, younger, like we think we're not going to die. Like we're, we're immortal, especially in my, in your twenties. It's like, yo, yeah. I'm definitely not going to die. But every time I read an article about like, I think takeoff was just killed in Houston, the uh, Migos. Absolutely. Yep. And he didn't have a will. Exactly. And every time I read that, every time I read about a young athlete or entertainer that passed away that didn't have a will, I, I swear to you, I always think about you because that's something you told me, I think, in, in my early 30s or even late 20s. Mm -hmm. Like you like you said, yo, do you have a will? And I was like, no, like I don't have a will for it. Like I'm 29. But like looking back on it, it's like, no, nah, like you need to have a will, man. But I always think about you when I think when I hear stories about a will. I always think about Mike Tish because you told me years ago, like, yo, you need to have a will. And you young guys, especially young athletes having a lot of money, young entertainers, man, you need to have a will because anything could happen. And you, all of a sudden you pass away and your family and your spouse, everyone's fighting over the things that you have, but there's no writing on the wall. So I appreciate you for that. 
Uh, I, I, I think I think a lot of these, particularly the successful athletes, they also need to do asset protection as well, meaning not just wills, not just trusts, but just to make sure that they do everything they can to protect themselves against lawsuit creditors, you know, bad relationships, uh, you know, anything, because, you know, these guys are targets out there. It's targets. I mean, I, I think one of the best advice you give people is, you know, make sure that uh, if you're uh, sexually active, you uh, double bag that thing. You know, because you know, you know, that's you know. I mean, I I can't tell how many deals we're we're dealing with where where that's caused a problem. I mean, I mean, just so many things. The people are out there being targeted, but at the same time, it sounds like you know to me. I don't think I got a lot of sleep last night, so I'm I'm a little crankier than I normally am. But uh, I was going to say the other thing too is the other great thing about it is, I think what we all do and what you guys do, first thing is you get to change the lives of people you touch. You change the lives of all the people you touch, and you change it for the better. And people that probably would not do nearly as well had you not been involved. The other great thing is you're also getting to meet some of the best athletes in the world. Some some people who are the very, very best, the Albert Einsteins of their profession. And the other thing is that there's just so many success stories that you all have, uh, we all have, in terms of, of taking folks that you know started with very little and made sure that uh, you know, we got them what I'll call a, a class three experience. We not only got their ha- money handled. We got their life handled. We got their emotions handled. You know, all three things. And that these guys, once they retire from the ring or from the gridiron or from the court, that their lives after sport was as or more successful than it was when they were when they were do, when they were doing it. You know, I don't think I at least for me, I can't help anybody become a better boxer or a better football player or a better basketball player or you know throwing a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball. But we, what we can do is to make sure that their life after that sport. Because for most of these guys, if they retire in their 20s or their early 30s, you know, some people go a little older than that. Some people go shorter than that. They're likely going to live 30, 40, 50, 60 years after the sport. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, some of the guys I, I go to my old high school with, I think their life peaked at about 15 or 16 years old. And now they're in their 50s and 60s and their life is not what it was at 15 or 16. Nothing sadder than that. And nothing sadder than see a world-class athlete that had the world by the you-know-what, and then they're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, and you know, their, their life has been destroyed by bad decisions and not getting the right advice. And so it's such purposeful work. I mean, it's such, you guys, as I said, again, you guys are doing God's work. And I just uh, appreciate, I'm just uh, proud to be associated with you. I, uh, you know, I think you guys, I would say, you know, help people get a seat at the table. And uh, knowing how you guys think, I think you guys also say the hell with that. Why don't we help our clients build their own table and, uh, uh, you know, just just flip the script and change the paradigm. But um, I appreciate that both of you taking time out of your day. I know how busy you are. All I can tell you is that I, I would just ask everybody, buy one of AC's books. Uh, he doesn't need the sale. You need the information in that book. It's it's life-changing. And uh you know, I just hope a, a lot of people get to see that. I hope a lot of parents of boxers, I hope a lot of parents of football, and basketball players might get to see this for you, and so that so that they can they can understand there is a place where somebody will will look out for their children like their own and help them make really wise decisions with their mind. Not only keep it safe, they'll they'll grow it, but they'll make great life decisions, and uh, you know, and allow them to be you. Know, to, to reach their very full potential in every area of their life. And I know you guys do that. So thank you so much for your time. And th- thank you for all you do for everybody. Appreciate thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. 
make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode.